because she saw a leader in me even before I did. And so it's people like that that I remember um, because it could have went another way. Right. She could have had a very negative impact on me and uh, she did not. And so I always want to be that type of boss to someone else. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. What up, Black and Blue fam? Welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Dale, and I'm the host. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I want to get, uh, help you guys keep that appreciation going by clicking those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel, or rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars on your favorite podcast platform. Also, Make sure you check me out on any one of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so with that down, let me introduce today's guest. She is the first assistant chief of uh, police of my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. So Black and Blue fam, help me welcome to the show first assistant chief Lashana Potts. How Thank you doing? You, Dale. Thanks for having me. I am great, sir. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Yes, yes, yes. How's things going out there in in the in Seabus right now? It is going great. Great. Right. The momentum with the community is on an upswing, so I have no complaints whatsoever. Okay, yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, I mentioned there in the monologue, and I also mentioned to you off air that, you know, that's my hometown. I was born and raised there. I still got family there, and and uh, so, yeah, I, I love Seabus. It has a special place in my heart, even though I'm out here in Cali. Uh, we appreciate it. O-H? O-H-I-O. I-O, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, you know it. All right, you know it. <laughs> So uh, uh, I mentioned right there in the uh, intro that you are the first assistant chief of the Columbus, Ohio Division of Police. Um, how long have you been in that position? A whole 16 months. A whole 16 months. All right. All <laughs> A right. whole 16 months. Okay, Came down okay. here with uh, Chief Bryant from Detroit. From Detroit. Yeah. D-Town. Okay. Motown. Absolutely. huh? Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, so you're, you've been with Columbus only 16 months. How, how much uh, law enforcement time in total? 25 years. 25 years. Nice, yeah. nice. So we'll definitely have to talk about your time in, in Detroit. But uh, how are you getting acclimated over to uh, Columbus right now? You know what? We, we came here several weeks um, before um, Chief Bryant was named the chief of police here. She was going kind of like through... Um, the process and we fell in love with Columbus. And so we had to make sure that it was going to be a right fit for us. Um, 
And I can't see anything bad about it. The, the community has been great. Our officers are fantastic. And um, we're just making slight changes that we feel need to happen. But other than that, um, we're at home. So this is where we'll be. All right. And Columbus has grown a lot and it continues to grow. I mean, the population, yeah. every time I go back, it's like, wow, look at this. And wow, look at that. And <laughs> it just, yeah, it's just crazy. It's, uh, it's probably one of the uh, biggest growing uh, cities in America right now, right? It absolutely is. It sits at um, the 14th largest city right now. So, and constantly yes. growing so much development here. It's exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, how large is it, the uh, department? Uh, we're about 1800 strong. Um, we got about 300 civilians. So we're, we're a fairly large department. Okay. And as a first assistant chief, what, what, what are kind of your duties over there? Oh, so I am the second in command of the division. So um, a lot of the time, if Chief Brian is unavailable, uh, I, I fill in in her stead, but I also oversee all of her community projects, um, special projects, recruiting, retention, um, the public accountability, which is our internal affairs, uh, research and development. I also have all of organized crime, which encompasses all of our task force, narcotics unit, vice, um, and support operations, which is all of our technology pieces, um, helicopter, SWAT. So I, I got a, a lot of things that fall up under me. All right. And uh, you said you came over with uh, Chief Bryant. Uh, was it just you two or did anyone else come over with you? It was me and her, Cagney and all Lacey. Right. Cagney <laughs> and Lacey. So you guys came up through, uh, through the department over at Detroit together? Correct. All right. Let's talk about a little bit about your time over there in Detroit. Uh, uh, what what would you do over there and, and what uh, rank did you leave at? So I left at captain. Um, mm -hmm. I was in charge of the sixth precinct and the eighth precinct when I left. Um, and I was also doing a lot of community work. Um, I worked up under Chief James Craig, um, did a lot of his community organizing when it came to like citywide events. And so that was one of the reasons why Chief Bryant brought me here is because um, I have a unique skill set when it comes to engaging the community and bringing the community close to police officers. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And it sounds like you're doing uh, pretty well with that. I, I follow the department on social media. I've seen you Thank out you. there with, with the troops and the community as well. So great job there. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah. I, I know the the, uh, the community has taken to you, uh, but how do you believe that, uh, you know, the rest of the department has taken to you, you know, being an outsider? So I'm not going to say you didn't come with challenges, right? Anytime you have new leadership um, officers, what we don't like is change. And we really don't like outsiders because um, we don't know what to expect. So we understood coming in that we had to get the officers buy in. Um, I will tell you, the officers have been amazing here. We've had some challenges um, with some upper rank, but nothing that we could not fix or make amends. And, um, and so we're working as a team to move this division forward. Nice. And, uh, as 1800 sworn, um, you know, you being a female chief Bryant being female, what, what are your ranks as, as far as, uh, females looking like we could there? do better. Do you have a, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> so like everywhere, just are, like everywhere. I'm sure. Yeah, we are very, very low. So coming from the city of Detroit where we had women, um, in command leadership positions, um, probably the largest in the country. And then coming here where we just promoted our first female commander, 
um, black female commander, Commander McFadden, and then only having one deputy chief, was, which was a female. We just promoted another female to deputy chief. So now we have two. Um, and just to look around the division and know that women here make up such a small percentage, we got work to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's across the board. It's, uh, you know, always been a male dominated profession. Um, yeah. What are your what, what about your your uh, rank and file? So it gets even smaller. <laughs> so yeah. um, just to give you an idea of, of what the division is made up, we're probably um, a little over 90 percent white male. And then you have a very small percentage of African-American women and men, and then you have others. So the majority of the division is white male dominated in all of the ranks. Yeah, that's that's about, uh, you know, par for the course for most agencies. I wouldn't say 90 percent, um, you know, closer to 50 and 60 percent in, in, in a lot of agencies. But, yeah, there's there's a lot to do. And, you know, Columbus is a pretty diverse city as well. Correct. Absolutely. And it's growing more diverse every day. And so um, one of our goals is to make the division reflect the community in which we serve. Yes. And so we're out here recruiting strongly in underrepresented populations. Um, but also we're looking for just quality officers. So we just want people who have a commitment to serve to join our ranks. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked off air about, uh, you know, things that it happened that plagued the the industry the law enforcement industry in 2020 and 2021 and we're kind of coming out of that but you know one of the the results of what happened then was a lot of people didn't want to be police officers some people left the department and, and attrition yeah. yeah and so it was, it was it's tough to to get people to want to be police officers would you say absolutely but we did something here unique um prior to chief ryan and our arrival um the city actually bought out 100 police officers here and so, um, you know, it, it was to change the culture. Um, and we're now in the process of trying to buy out deputy chiefs too, um, you know, just to give us a fresh start um, and hopefully bring in leadership um, that reflects the same goals and values that Chief Bryant has. I'm not saying that the leadership that will be leaving didn't, but, you know, we, we thought that it was important to start anew. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, for the people out there that don't kind of know what that in, in industry, you know, we kind of call it a golden handshake where you kind of want to get some transition in, uh, you know, in, you know, all ranks of the department. And uh, for whatever reason, it could be, you know, culture changes. It could be uh, fiscal as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And it did. So, it allowed us um, right now to move. Um, right now, Columbus is, is a unique, we're a senior, seniority based department. So you really can't move around unless you got 20 plus years. Um, that buyout allowed younger officers to move into bureaus that they would have normally never been um, even ready for. Really? You guys have people that are, you know, <laughs> go to a, a division or an assignment to die, huh? At the end of their career. Yes, that's yeah, it's currently yeah. the way it's, it's made up here. We're working on changing yeah. that though with the FOP. Okay, okay. I've I've, I've noticed. I work for a smaller department, and uh, so you know all of our assignments and what have you are all you know tenured based. So you know five year assignments, and then you move on, and that allows other people uh, time to get into those positions because otherwise, you know, you would never, just like you just said, uh, younger officers would never get an opportunity. 
Absolutely. So we have that in our task force. We have a uh, sunset clause, which allows five years, but that is only in a task force, which is a small uh, minority of officers. The rest of them, I'll give you a prime example to go to SWAT or narcotics. You really have to have 21 plus years on um, and it, it gets even larger than that when you're talking about a unit like homicide. And so, yeah. as you know, most departments, have re they, they're not doing that anymore because you kind of want to put people in the right seats for their skill set. And so not saying that seniority is a bad thing, but it, it is a hindrance for us in putting the right people in the right seats in some of these bureaus. Yeah. And that's got to be a balancing act because, you know, you don't want that turnover to be so much, especially in, in uh, assignments where you need that expertise like homicide and, you know, and, you know, three years in, you just now figuring out how to do that job. And then, you know, if it's a five year assignment and then you, you're, you're rotating out uh, right when you, when you hit your stride in it. So there's gotta be some sort of, you know, middle ground there, right? Oh, absolutely. Working yeah. on it every day, trying to find that <laughs> sweet day. spot, right? <laughs> exactly. That sweet spot right there. So going back to Detroit, are, are you uh, a native of Detroit or where, where are you from? Born and raised. Born and raised. Born okay. And raised. All right. All right. So what brought you into law enforcement? Um, actually being a victim of crime, right? Um, growing in, in inner city um, at a time where, you know, we had really gang violence in the city of Detroit. Uh, I grew up on the west side, Seven Mile Road. Um, we had a, a really importation of seven mile dogs there um, and being robbed several times uh, growing up and seeing people shot. Um, and so my mom decided to join law enforcement and between becoming a victim and, and seeing her actually give back to the community is what drove me to law enforcement. Okay. All right. So she was with Detroit or where, where was your mom? Detroit. She retired. Okay. All right. So, so you're, you're a legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, let's talk about your time there in Detroit. Uh, so you, you kind of talked about some of the uh, things that you did over there. Uh, let's talk about when you first came in. Did you have a lot of uh, trouble? You know, I mean, women, you said when you left was pretty good as far as um, the ranks of having female officers. But how about when you first started? Um, I would say when we first started, um, there wasn't many but I did see women who look like me being a black city, Detroit, um, the department did reflect the community. And so, but what I will tell you is I experienced sometimes with women, what we can do cattiness, um, mm. you know, sometimes wanting to feel like you have to be against each other and not together. And so as, as I proceeded to grow up through the rank, I always had that in a, in a forefront. I never want to be the person um, that didn't pull another woman up with me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, females, you know, bringing others up, uh, despite of what you said, the cattiness, uh, chief Bryant brought you up and, and, you know, you were helping others along the way. Um, who, who are some of the ones other than chief Bryant that kind of helped you along the way? Oh, so, um, I remember a Sergeant, Sergeant Cunningham in Detroit, um, uh, was one of, so I was 18. So I didn't have like life experience, coming into an organization and trying to tell people how to solve problems because I had not experienced those problems. And she was just one of those kind of like old school um, leaders. She was a sergeant with the department and was just very, just a breath of fresh air. She kind of wrapped her arms around me and uh, made sure that I learned what I could. Um, and also she disciplined me when she needed to. 
Um, but it was never out of malice, right? It was just kind of making sure that I become the best boss. Um, and cause she saw a leader in me even before I did. And so it is people like that, that I remember, um, because it could have went another way, right? She could have had a very negative impact on me and, uh, she did not. And so I always want to be that type of boss to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the fun things you remember about being in, in Detroit coming up? Oh, geez. Um, neighborhoods, right? We had like neighborhood block parties. Um, even in the department, the camaraderie was just unmatched. Um, you did shift parties. You, you know, you had really big Christmas parties. Um, we knew each other kids. Um, some of the things that I don't think we have right now in law enforcement that's kind of missing that family aspect. Um, and that's just because of the, the what's been going on in law enforcement. Some of our yeah. fault, right? Some things that we could have done differently, but also media perception has made people think um, the worst of law enforcement. And so we're trying to bring back that family atmosphere here in the division. Yeah, absolutely. And people, when we think about Detroit, of course, you know, we always think about Motown and, you know, people think that, you know, there's going to be, you know, R&B singers just walking up and down the street every day. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Motown, they, they came out here to Cali years ago, but uh, is, is that is that influence still out there in Detroit? Oh, of course. Um, Detroit has yeah. some some talent. Right. Um, and, and as you've seen, even with the rappers coming out of Detroit, um, Detroit is just and Motown is still there. The museum is still there. Um, people still acknowledge Motown started in the city of Detroit. And so we, we have a plethora of singers. Um, musicians, rappers that came out of the city that are representing in all across the country. So I'm still yeah. a Detroiter. Uh, you know, my okay, heart will okay. always be in Detroit. Yeah. One of my good friends, dad, uh, well, he, he came up in Detroit and uh, his dad was in the group, the, uh, the originals. Okay. Uh, so Freddie Gorman. So yeah. So Freddie okay. Gorman is his dad who, who passed away a few years ago, but, uh, uh, came up out here, you know, he brought his, his family out here, just like, you know, when the rest of Motown moved out here and, and we became buddies. So, but yeah, he tells me those stories about, uh, you know, his dad used to tell me all the Motown stories and yeah, that was, that was, that was the time right there. The heyday. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> and, uh, Eminem is Eminem's from there, right? Absolutely. Eight mile. So yep. I he hear stories. Of eight, okay. Yeah. You hear those stories of Eight Mile, and, and you know, of course, we saw the movie Eight Mile. What, what is Eight Mile? That's is a neighborhood, is that right? So Eight Mile is the divider between the suburbs and the city, and so okay. it, it's you know, kind of like the border. And um, yeah. Eight Mile is when you cross Eight Mile, you knew that you were in a city, or if you cross the other side, you knew that you were in the suburbs. And so um, for Detroit. That's one of the ways that we identify as eight mile. Everyone knows that area. Gotcha. Now out in Columbus, you, you learning all those vernaculars and, and neighborhoods and all that out there too? I know. Yes. Uh, you know, it's different. It's a little different than, than Detroit. Um, there's some different vernacular. I still say what up though. Um, <laughs> spent 44 years in Detroit. So that is going to stay with me. Um, but I will say there is a lot of Detroiters that, you know, are in Columbus now. And so um, they're in areas of city government, um, like myself and Chief Brian. And, and so it, it still feels like home. It, they're still part of me um, from Detroit here in Columbus. And, and getting to know this culture has been fantastic. Getting to know the different neighborhoods and what makes Columbus unique 
um, has been a breath of fresh air for us as well. Yeah, yeah. And there's always that rivalry between Columbus and, and Detroit or, or, or Michigan as a whole, Ohio <laughs> and Michigan. So uh, and we're going to get into that here in a minute. So, uh, you know, st- stand by, stand by for that. But, you know, how is that uh, that loyalty been for you? Listen, I'm loyal. So I am a Michigan State Spartan fan first. And when they're not playing the Spartans, I am a the Ohio State fan. Yeah, you remember you put the in front of that. Hey, <laughs> you that's learned part that, of huh? the, the moniker. You got to say the Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. Some some people don't like hearing that, but that's that's the way you got to say it. That's the way you got to say it. <laughs> All right. So when you when you came over from Detroit, did, did you bring anyone with you? I did not. Uh, I am married mm-hmm. though. Have been uh, with my husband twenty five years. Uh, we have one daughter and one son. And then what I call my nephew son is is my nephew who we helped to raise. Um, he is still in the city of Detroit. So he's still employed. Um, he's a sergeant with Detroit Police Department. And we are not leaving any money on the table. Really? Really? Really. So how, how often do you guys you know meet up in the middle? Um, we try to do it twice a month. So he's actually mm-hmm. on his way here today to visit me for the weekend and then I'll double back on um, Thanksgiving to see him. And so for us, um, it's worked out fine because it's only a three and a half hour drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fine. And then uh, who's retiring first though? He is. He is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not done yet. No, you, you got a ways to go. You you got got a ways ways to go. go. Yeah. 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 Good for you. Good for you. And you. you said you, you had, you had one daughter. Is that what it was? Yes. 26. Yeah. Um, okay, and then so she's out. She's all oh, the kids are grown, grown. So oh, no, we grown, are empty nesters. Yes. Okay. So, so you don't have to worry about that. Oh no. She's getting married though. Other? Okay. So, all right. You know, we're paying for that right now. Yeah. Any any of the kids think about following in mom and grandma's footsteps? Um, so not in law enforcement. My nephew is a attorney in Chicago. And so he did at least follow service. My daughter's an esthetician and uh, my stepson went into the military. So um, all okay. of them are giving back and doing servitude just in a different way. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, happy Veterans Day today. We're in this, when we're recording this today is Veterans Day. So what, what branch did, you, did he go into? Army. Army. OK. All right. Yes. Good for him. Good for him. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. So education is a big thing. If you want to move up in law enforcement, uh, did you have any formal education yourself? Absolutely. Graduated magnum cum laude. Um, with my bachelor's degree, currently working on my master's degree. Um, I took a pause um, from my master's program um, that I was attending with Walden, and now I'm transferring over here to one of the universities now that I'm in Columbus. But definitely a big proponent of of a getting continuing education. Yep, yep. And what you don't actually, uh, absolutely need an education to get a, a, an entry-level job, is that correct? You don't. Um, Here, just high school diploma. Um, But we Mm -hmm. do encourage, you know, uh, Columbus is is paying 100 percent of you to go to school. So we encourage our officers to absolutely take advantage of that. So we have many officers here within different ranks who have law degrees. Okay, okay. 
Now, uh, if if you're uh, applying for entry level positions, you know I'm doing a little recruiting for you guys right here. <laughs> I appreciate it. We're always looking. There you go. Um, so if you if you do have a degree, is there anything any incentive for having the degree? Um, not at this time, but we are looking okay. at as we as you know with the recruiting shortage across the country, we are looking at now what ways can we be more competitive. Um, Columbus just started hiring laterals and so we're doing in-state right now currently but we will be branching out to do out of state so we're looking at what best best ways can we compete with not just other agencies in ohio but across the country and i'm sure education will come up in that incentive yes yes and speaking of laterals uh you technically would have been a lateral correct yes first so (laughs) brian and i were um the Chief Craig, who came from Detroit, um, was the first outsider to go to Cincinnati as the chief. Chief Bryant was the second. Um, and, and if you count me with her, um, we're the third outsiders to come into Ohio um, in chief jobs. So historical for her being the first African-American woman ever and outsider um, to be leading the division of police and me with being historical, being her right hand. Yes, yes, absolutely. And did you have to go through a, uh, I don't know what you guys call it out there. We call it post academy. out here. <laughs> no, not the academy. No, no. Oh, just okay. uh, to get your peace officer status. Um, did we you did. have to go through we some actually- sort of testing and all that? Yeah. Went through the academy. Oh, you did it. Yes, we did. We sat in with recruits um, to learn Ohio laws. And so mm-hmm. we didn't have to do like the running, jumping type thing, but we okay. did go through <laughs> an abbreviated academy class um, to get ready for our OPADA test, which we passed with flying colors. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> That's Appreciate awesome. It. Huh? Yeah. 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 Um, wow. Wow. So you sat in with the, with the recruits and, and saw that now does, does Columbus, do you have your, your own academy where you only train only Columbus division of police officers, or do you also have other departments, you know, Bexley and all those other ones that come in with you guys to train? We train neighboring agencies. So Columbus does majority of the training. Um, and so now we kind of do um, two classes with Columbus only. And then we do a class of hybrid with other agencies. So Columbus is the premier training academy. All right. Yes. The premier. All right. I just had to say it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've, uh, I've interviewed uh, an, uh, a chief over at uh, right now. He's over at Bexley, I believe. Uh, okay. You know, Chief Lewis over there. And, I uh, haven't met him yet, but yeah, I'm sure okay. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was over at Louisville um, University, of Louisville, as a police chief when I interviewed him. But he originally came from Ohio State Patrol, uh, Highway Patrol. Okay. And uh, left over there, went to Louisville, and now he's back in Ohio as the chief over there. So he just got hired, right? Just got hired. Yeah. Okay. So we did meet. Um, he okay. asked me about some, some resident locations when he was going through the process. So I'm happy for him. Yes. Uh, you and me, you and me both. What was that relocation like for you? Did you have to like drive around, get recommendations? Ooh, did did yes. you have people there already that, that, that uh, knew the neighborhoods, where to, where to stay away from, where to go? So luckily we did. We, we had some people um, in city government and within the agency who, um, you know, because I'll tell you, which was unique about Columbus to me from Detroit is I knew when you went into certain neighborhoods in Detroit that you were in the hood. 
it, it just looked like the hood, right? And so I came to Columbus and I'm like, oh, these houses are great. And, you know, look at the, the apartments. And they were like, not there. And so uh, we, <laughs> we had to have people kind of show us um, what areas um, to look at. But, you know, Columbus has spent a lot of money in, in getting rid of blight. And, and it shows in the community. Uh, we still have work to do, but I will say Mayor Ganther has done a fantastic job of making Columbus look welcoming. And so um, it was hard for me to decipher where to move. Luckily, we did have people in city government who were you know, kind of leading us in areas. So I currently stay downtown. It was important for Chief Brian and I to live in the city of Columbus. You know, if we're gonna say that the city is making a comeback, it's safe. Um, then, then for us, it's important that we actually live here. And so both of us yes. do reside in, in the city of Columbus. All right. Does the department offer any incentive for living in the, uh, in the city itself? I know some departments do do that. Um, they had years ago. Um, it, to our understanding, it wasn't as successful as they thought it would be, but we are looking at ways to bring officers back to Columbus. Um, I do not believe you have to live in a city in order to serve it effectively, but it does help when officers are in a community. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, like I say, you know, when you got the, the suburbs, yeah, I'm, I'm going to drop my Columbus knowledge there. When you got Reynoldsburg and you got, uh, you know, Bexley and all Whitehall and all those. See, I remember I'm still, I still got it up in here. So <laughs> that, uh, you know, they're, they're close enough that you know, Hilliard, Westerville, yeah. all that. Yep. <laughs> True. Yep. Oh, back, back. I'm sorry yeah, about the so, phone ringing. I'm in my office. No, it's okay. You, you were you were busy, like I said here, and so so with that, uh, I'm going to transition to uh, to this little uh, trivia game here for you. So let me get this thing started for you. All right, in this game black here, black or blue, black or blue, black or blue, black or blue, black or blue. Come on. All right, A Pots, we got uh, AC Pots, we got uh, this game here today. This is my black and blue game, and your category today is the rivalry. We talked about that, and that is going to be Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State versus Michigan. I'm going to show you a picture of a celebrity that either went to Ohio State or oh, went to Michigan. To okay. That's what I'm doing to you. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's real easy. All you got to do is just tell me, hey, did this person go to Ohio State or did this person go to Michigan? Okay. So let me get this set here for you. And uh, here we go. Here's your first one. Jesse Owens, Ohio State or Michigan? Uh, I am about to take a really good guess at this. <laughs> I am going to say Michigan. Oh, no. He went to Ohio State. <laughs> Cut me some slack. Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try. I'll, I'll, I'll try to guide you along the way here. How about Lucy Lou? Lucy Lou. Um, you, you just said it. You just said it. Michigan. <laughs> yes, she did go to Michigan. <laughs> she went Clearly, to Michigan, this is not right? where I'm strong at. No, no. Hey, I wasn't either until <laughs> until I Googled this. So, okay. how about uh, David comedian David Allen Greer? David Allen Greer. I'm going to say Michigan. Uh, Michigan would be correct. <laughs> yep, he went to Michigan. 
How about uh, Wendy Malik, actress Wendy Malik, Wendy Malik, Ohio State. She did go to Ohio State. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, what what show was she on? Was she on Malcolm in the Middle or one of those shows? I think um, it was Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. How about Eddie George? You got to know Eddie George if you know your sports. Yeah, so probably not, but I'm going to say because I know that Ohio State does send a lot of people to the NFL, I'm going to yes. say Ohio State. Yes, he did go to Ohio State. He, he, he's a big Ohio State Buckeye right there. Mm-hmm. How about J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons, the actor. I'm going to say Michigan. Oh, you didn't take the cue there. He went okay. to Ohio State there. <laughs> So we're learning you know, that Ohio uh, State has a lot of great people that went there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a U of M fan, so, yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. You just say Michigan State. Michigan State where where yeah. are those two? Where's Michigan? Is Michigan State in, in the Detroit area? Yes. So I think. Oh, and okay. Then U of Maybe M I should have done Michigan. Oh, okay. Maybe I should have done uh, Michigan State instead. But, no, you're you fine. Know, Ohio State. Yeah, so because, the, you the know, because. It is Ohio is State with, and yes, Yeovil. with Michigan. Yes, yes, that's that's why I did this. So you, you're doing fine here. How about the uh, anchor, news anchor Mike Wallace? News anchor Mike Wallace. I'm going to say he looks like a Michigan man. He does look like a Michigan man. I don't know how you got that, but yeah, he does look like a Michigan. <laughs> uh, all right, um, comedian actor Richard Lewis. Comedian Ohio actor State. Richard Lewis. Ohio State. Yep. Uh, a couple more here for you. Oh, I'm sweating. Okay. Uh, Gilda Radner. I don't know if you remember Gilda Radner. She uh, she used to do a lot of stuff with, um, what was that dude? Gene Wilder. She used to do comedy, a, lot of, right? a lot of stuff with him. Yeah, comedy. Yep. Uh, Michigan. Michigan is correct. And I think this is... Maybe last one here, Jack Nicholas, one of the greatest State. golfers of Ohio State. Uh, you knew that one right off the bat. I knew that one because he has no, a golf course. No here. hints there. <laughs> oh yes, he does. He does, and he's big over there. He's big over there. Uh, looks like you got more right than you got wrong, so we're gonna call you the winner. Oh, I have to change that name there. Forgot to change that. For my last guess. That's okay. Through the uh, magic of editing, I will. I will edit that out. Let me uh, get you back to. You were just trying to us. tell me that I'm I'm in a league of winners. That's all. You were in a league of a league of winners <laughs> for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yes, I appreciate uh, you coming on and being a good sport about that <laughs> that <laughs> rivalry. But you know, it it's a real thing, right? Oh, it absolutely is. So when I first got here, um, it took me several months. Some would say almost a year to change my plate from Michigan to Ohio. And they were serious when it came to the games to not have my Michigan plate anywhere near downtown <laughs> during the Ohio State game. So, <laughs> so yeah, yep, yep, they take yep. it very, the team up north is what they call it. They don't even say U of M here. They don't even say the name. Yeah. Did you get a chance to experience the game? I have. Um, and and okay. it's, I will tell you, it's different. It is because it is. there's no national teams here. The Ohio State program is the program in town. So yeah. uh, when it, it's a game day, it is like no other here. 
Yeah, that that is true. That is true. Yeah, because we we got rivalry out here at USC and UCLA, and it's it's not the same. Yeah, it is. It is not the same. But close, close. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but it, it's not quite the same. It's you know, different here. The, it's, yeah, we got the Rams and the Dodgers and the Lakers and the Chargers. So you got you know, other so things that, to kind so, of yeah. take your attention, right? <laughs> the Ohio yep, yep. State is what is in town here. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I love it. You know, the energy that, that comes on game day is unmatched. And the fans here are straight, diehard Ohio State fans. And so you can't ask for anything better than that for a programming that people can get around and support. No doubt, no doubt. Um, have you thought about uh, doing any education at Ohio State yourself? Do you guys have any collaborations or trainings or anything with them? Um, we collaborate them a lot. We're looking right now um, for them to look at our crime, you know, and, and kind of give us some best practices and, and how we crime map. Um, but they are a fantastic partner for us, not just in what we do internally, but external partners when it comes to philanthropy. Um, the chief is extremely big on community and so am I. And so we've reached out to them several times and they have been a great partner here since arriving in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are some of the, the big issues? And I know we didn't kind of talk about that. Let's, let's go back on that. Some of the okay. issues um, that you and, uh, and the rest of the department are facing that, that some of those challenges you need to try to get through into uh, 2023. Oh, first is nationally, just just making sure that we can um, fill our seats. Right. So when we got here, we asked Mayor Ginther to add a third academy class, which he he did, um, which allows us to put hopefully about 170 officers um, a year back into the community. Um, but not just that, just with the um, us being able to do laterals in state and out of state will give us ability to plug in diversity, right? Um, as, as I told you, the um, diversity here uh, for the division, no fault of, of our own, it's just this is how our makeup is, but the community has been very outwardly asking for the division to reflect the community. And so for us, not only recruiting women, but also people of color is very important for us. And so those are some of the challenges. Um, I am happy to say that our crime, our, our homicide is down 30% this year. Our closure rate is up to 80% this year. And so we're on a trajectory to really, really do some impactful change, um, not only in the community as it relates to crime, but also the fact that the community is now trusting us that when they call in tips, which is helping us to solve our homicide rates, that they're seeing um, the end result, which is more criminals off the street and a safer community to work, live and play. That's what I was going to ask you. What do you attribute those uh, those closure rates and, and just the down homicides in, in general, too? And, and a lot of that is trust in the community, right? A, a, a huge amount is trust in the community. The other is just building morale. Um, when we got here, you know, 2020 wasn't that far ago. And, you know, uh, Columbus did. Um, has some challenges with the community. And so um, we came in, you know, we assessed, we made changes as we saw fit, but we also got the body in from the officers. The officers here want to do an amazing job and they do it on a day-to-day basis. And so we just highlighted some of the work that they were doing and, and gave them the ability to do their job. And so I always tell the community, um, when you ask for a safe community, it does come with more police interaction. And so you you can't have it both ways. Um, use yeah. of force will happen. Um, use of force is never something pretty, 
but our officers are doing things the right way. And when we make mistakes, the chief will acknowledge that. And if we have to hold officers accountable, we'll do that too. But I will stand here and say that we have one of the best organizations in the country. And I stand on that. Yes. Yes, I do too. I do too as well. Yep. Uh, I did a ride along with, uh, with them years back when I was just uh, visiting uh, family and said, Hey, let me just, you know, not I'm an adult <laughs> and I'm in the field. Let me just see what goes on. And I was really impressed with the, uh, with the officer that I rode with that day. And it was, it was, it was pretty fun. Come on back, Dale. I'll take you on a ride along. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bet. Whenever it's you're a bet. in Columbus, listen, <laughs> yeah, let yeah. me know. And, and, and I do ride alongs with our officers routinely. Um, Cause I think it's important that we see what they yeah. see. And so as I'm sitting in these chairs, making these decisions, um, I have to keep that, you know, and keep my, my ear to the ground. I don't know everything. And these officers are being tasked to do the job. And so it's important that we listen to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, uh, Chief uh, Potts, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, before I let you go, why don't you uh, espouse some words of wisdom to the viewers and the, and the listeners? Um, I would just say, you know, keep law enforcement. Um, in your prayers, you know, people in these roles like myself and Chief Bryant, um, we're trying to change the perception of law enforcement. And we also understand that the majority of the citizens know that they need and love the police. Um, and we are committed to making a policing agency that is premier, that treats our citizens um, with respect, empathy and compassion. And so if you're ever in Columbus, look me up. I am uh, very accessible to the community and just treat others how you want to be treated. That is the philosophy that I live by and it has served me well for 44 years. That part right there, that part. Yep. In in relation to uh, the other two big agencies in the state, which would be uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati, where, where does Columbus lie? Uh, Columbus division lie. We're the largest and we also um, house the capital. So we are the largest, yes. um, city in Ohio and the large one of the, well, we are the largest um, municipality. And so um, oftentimes we set the standard. Yes. Yes. That, that is weird to say that, you know, it is the largest city in the state, but yet I guess it, it does have one pro team, a, a hockey team. We do the blue jackets. Yep. So, but it, that's got to change. It's just like Vegas. You know, it, it takes time. Vegas just finally got uh, a hockey team and a football team. So, uh, you know, it, it's only a matter of time before uh, something gets out there, football or, or, <laughs> or something. Dale, it probably won't be while I'm here. I, I don't think the Ohio <laughs> state university is going to have a, a national team um, because people love the football basketball team here through them. And uh, there really is no reason for them to change that, um, that I can see. Um, but would it be True. nice to have a team here? Absolutely. But I can always go to Cincinnati and Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. And even baseball, uh, the Triple the A team, at least back when I was there, I don't know if they still are, but the Triple A team a baseball for team. the Yankees, yeah, the Clippers, um, they were the Triple A team for the Yankees back when I was there. I don't know if they still are, but yeah, they were real big in the community there. No, they, they are. We still, we have the baseball team, soccer team, hockey team are fantastic. But, you know, coming from Detroit, I'm used to Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers, yep. Detroit Pistons. And so, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> but like I said, yeah. um, when, when you're, you, you, you haven't been watching your Lions, have you? 
You ain't been watching the Lions. Listen, I'm a dedicated, loyal person, even though I'm in a very abusive relationship with the Detroit Lions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They keep telling me they're going to change and they never do. Then they never do. They they they, they they came out and beat uh, Green Bay last week, but uh, yeah. everybody's been beating. You know, I'm not gonna get year, excited because so. we get excited no. and then they do what the Lions do. So they're working on it. Hopefully. All right. On that note, <laughs> thank you again, uh, AC Potts. I appreciate you coming on to the show, having some fun with me. It, <laughs> yes, this is great. This is great. I'll talk to you soon. Be safe out there. And, and uh, OH. Oh, sir. Be safe. You too. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. Another amazing interview with one of law enforcement's best is in the books. I want to thank Columbus Police First Assistant Chief Deshauna Potts for coming in and hanging out with your boy for a little bit. This was really fun, AC Potts, and I hope you enjoy yourself too. You guys out there enjoyed this episode yourselves? Saw a brother a little bit of love by let me know what you think in the comment sections below. And by clicking those like subscribe buttons if you haven't done so already. If you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform, please rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. I'll be back soon with another amazing conversation with another minority in U.S. law enforcement. But till then, y'all know the phrase, stay black. In blue, I holler. Peace. This has been a Nature Day Entertainment presentation.